Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing Podcast. We are joined today by Derek from How Not to DM. Uh, and we have a back-to-back tabletop episode. We break down cost-effective D&D, what to look forward to with Spelljammer, and more on Next to Nothing. Roll the intro. I can find the button. Push button green, please push button. I'm pushing it. It's pushed. We're professionals. Are we? Are we professionals? No, not even close. (laughs) Not even remotely close. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing. I am your host, not Danny K. Danny is actually gone in Seattle, having a good old time with his real girlfriend. Quote, unquote, (laughs) real girlfriend. Um... So yeah, I am I am the captain now. Um your your humble host, Mr. Greenlee. Um with me as always. Um and, and Danny always does like a a beard pun. So we'll do uh mm. uh brazenly bold bearded Mendachi. How you doing, Mendachi? You know, I'm I'm feeling both brazen, less raisin, uh kind of bold, but fairly old. Uh I'm doing great. Uh hanging out with yet again one of my heroes from the from the TTRPG space, Derek, teaching sure. me how to not be uh, a dummy in my day-to-day life as well as my tabletopping life. Yeah, this guy right here. I can't guarantee that any of my advice works in real life, but it does work in <laughs> deep. So yeah, yeah. And of course, Thanks for having me. Uh, as uh, Mandachi said, we are joined by the wonderful guest Derek from How Not to Bod- uh, How Not to DM. Uh, for Derek, Derek, for anyone who doesn't know you, uh, who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you? Yeah, I'm the one with the boring name on this show today. Uh, we've got <laughs> Mandachi who to Google because like, this is Latin, but I don't know what it means. Uh, and Mr. <laughs> Green, who's elite. Uh, so it's just me, Derek. Uh, I have a show called How Not to DM. I started it in April of last year. Uh, basically, the premise of the show is interviewing dungeon masters from around the web. Um, most of them I uh, am a fan of, or or you know have consumed their their work before, and so decided to try to get them to sit down with me and talk about what makes them tick, what stuff they feel like um, they've done in their games that could be labeled as mistakes that that. I might learn from and, and the rest of my listeners might learn from and then talk about their cool projects, you know, their their streams, their podcasts, um, the games they've written, the uh the music they've made, uh whatever else. Um so you know, I talk to people who all sorts of different um so yeah, that's the premise of the show. It's been a ton of fun. And uh every once in a while I get to do stuff like this where I hop on to other shows and, and chat more about it. So uh always happy to chat D D and tops. Uh, yeah, like I said, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you again for coming on. Uh, um, Mendachi was absolutely 100% stoked that that uh, you were willing to come on and talk to us today. So, oh yeah, man, made my made my month. I'm just checking off the list. I got I got Derek. I got Cuppy Cup of Ain't Slayed Nobody. I got Thirsty. Man, like, there's not too many people left. Like, I'm just Steve Buscemi and just, like, putting on the lipstick and just crossing names off. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah Thursday was here. great last week. He's just yeah, there rubbing his fun. hands together, waiting for uh, Mercer to, to get a hold of him. Just like, yes, I'm almost yeah, there. Yeah. Almost at the collection. Uh, thank you for watching and listening to the show. If you miss any part of the show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. And if you want to join us live, you can find us on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, if you want to be part of the show, you can answer the question of the week. This week's question of the week is, uh, what is your favorite tabletop monster or villain? What is your favorite tabletop RPG monster or villain? Uh, Mendachi. What's your, what's your favorite villain? What's your, what do you got? You know, uh, yeah, I uh, I knew right away. You see, as uh, I've been playing first edition Pathfinder for thirteen years, and when I found the B hole in my bestiary all those years ago, the CR seventeen B hole, a Titanic worm 
that heaves its endless bulk into the air, raising a bleached end as if ready to strike with a massive set of hooked jaws. Yes, the beehole with the breath weapon of 900-foot range that could stun you for 1d4 rounds, a DC-29 reflex save, or be entangled by its slime for up to 12 hours. Yes, the beehole, immune to magic control and has overwhelming strength. By all accounts, they live incredibly long-lived lives. Those that exist in remote worlds or on other dimensions have done so for countless aeons. The beehole themselves seem to have no interest in their history, perhaps as a result of their limited intellect. But by all accounts, a beehole can live forever, barring death by violence. For a creature as immense and dangerous as a beehole, such conditions essentially amount to immortality. Well, okay. You didn't make that up, right? <laughs> no, no I'm you, assuming... can, you can find that. You can find it. I'm assuming that's ripped oh, right man. from a lore page. Uh, yes, is actually. That, um, yes. Were you, uh, you speaking? Just coming up with it. Uh, that was that is actually written in the bestiary page for the bee hole, not to be confused with its cousin monster, the D hole. So I was thinking the a-hole, but d-hole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 They both exist. Apparently, they're actually Lovecraftian creatures, but yeah. Uh, I mean, what's not to love about a bleached b-hole? I don't remember this in any of the Lovecraft I've read. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to reread it. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have. I'll even drop it for chat. I do have yeah, some concerns. Do. But uh, Derek, what is your favorite TTRPG monster or villain? I'm going to go with a uh, tried and true one that I've on in the past when people question because I struggle with favorites. Uh, so I'm going to say my favorite is uh, the Shambling Mound found in the Monster's Manual. Um, I love the Shambling Mound because what's not to like about a giant plant um, that, that is alive have you with its vines and you and, you know, deal a bunch of bludgeoning damage to you while you're inside of it. So um, love that one because I love putting stuff in uh, my world that that characters will not suspect. So you know, you see a big tangle of vines and you walk past it. I don't know. I just like the gotcha moments. Mm. Um, I don't try to do this all the time, obviously, but it's just fun to catch people unaware and uh, and uh, bludgeon them with plants every once in a while. So that's what I'm going to say is my solid, wonderful song. I would have to say. Um, because I am relatively new to TTRPGs, uh, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I would have to say the Beholder, because um, it's the one thing that like I've always like associated with D and D. Like it's it's everywhere uh, in in like on the book, uh, the player's hand guide. I believe it's on there. Um, in, in that the, one's got the uh, frost giant or storm giant. Is it? Can't remember okay. which one. One of one of the but books on the has monster the, manual. Is it on the monster manual? Okay. So yeah, uh, it's just it's just that like iconic like monster that like I always immediately associate with D and D. You know. Oh, yeah. Definitely, it was invented, you know, um, by people who are playing the game. So that makes it that much more. Uh, authentic i guess you could say it's like it's like a D experience to fight one right so choice yeah every player has it on their bingo card you haven't you haven't truly played until you fought a beholder all right uh so yeah we're gonna go and uh get into the real meat of the show and that is uh dungeons and dragons on a budget uh, the media has been eating up D&D in recent years with Stranger Things on Netflix and Legends of Vox Machina, for example. Uh, so we wanted to talk about how affordable it can really be. Uh, Derek, you have had, I would definitely say, some experience with this. Um, when did you start and fall in love with DMing and playing D&D? Yeah, good question. So um, I was initially invited by some coworkers to play in a Curse of Strahd game, uh, but it only lasted three sessions before it fell apart, and that is also on the Dean card <laughs> of uh, experiences when you when you uh, are playing tabletop games to the game and uh, play again. Um, so 
after that, these uh, there were you know a couple of coworkers in that group, and then the rest of it was kind of external people. So we started playing at lunch um, so that we could keep a normal game going. We started a last mine of Fandelver game. So uh, my brother uh, was working with us at that time, and he ran that game for us. And while he was doing it, I was like, oh, I could totally do this DMing thing, right? He was just, you know, he was reading from the book and, and running it by the book. And I thought, I could totally write my own adventures. Like, how hard could this be? <laughs> so I started, uh, started writing a bunch of stuff in a Google Doc, you know, a bunch of ideas. As soon as we finished the last mine, I said, all right, now you're going to travel further south down the coast. And this stuff is going to happen. Uh, and so I've been running games ever since. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think those uh, those times I really kind of fell in love with it, though. Uh, we only played an hour sessions during lunch. So it was kind of small bite size, like two times a week um, playing. But that's really where, yeah, where I, I fell in love with it. Awesome. That's nice. That's wholesome. It's just D&D and food going hand in hand. Microwave pasta and, and a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so what do you believe is the bare minimum to start playing d Honestly, uh, it had nothing between us. Um, I think it had maybe like two or three sets of dice, and there were like eight of us playing at, at, at one point. Too many people for, for a beginning game, by the way. Uh, I don't recommend that. But yeah. Um, I don't think you need much. Um, I feel like a brand new character, uh, a brand new set of players are going to want character sheets that they can look at and understand. Um, and that can be, you know, pieces of paper you've printed, or it could be online. I think D simple. Um, D and D Beyond is free as well, so I I feel like you need um easy to understand character sheets. Um, and if you are running the game, I would suggest you buy. Something to run like Lost Mine of Fandelver, but it's really cheap for less than twenty bucks most places, and um, that includes the basic rules as well in a book booklet, and that's like totally okay, and that's totally all you need. Um, I think the most or the the best way to learn how to run games is by watching and listening to other people do it, and you kind of pick up from from their styles and decide what you want to include from what they do and and what you want to do differently. Um, and again, that's all free too. Like, unless you're paying to watch uh, uh, games and stuff like that, uh, yeah, it, it's it's really cheap to get started. Um, so that's probably the initial investment I would make is buy a starter kit. We just released a new one. I think it's like Dragons of Stormwreck Isle or something. I haven't checked that one out yet, but uh, yeah, uh, a starter kit is all you need to play. And even like before that, like the rules, the basic rules are free online and. So if you want to start homebrewing from the get-go and don't want to run a published adventure, it's all free. Um, a great place to start. Awesome. Um, what are some resources that come to mind to come to your mind for people who haven't made a plunge into T- uh, TTRPGs but want to? Uh, do you have any specific yeah. areas that you would recommend for like, hey, you should go here, uh, you know, a YouTube video, a YouTube channel? Um, D and D and beyond stuff like that. Like, what it, what do you think is your go to? Yeah, uh, people who I watched um, to learn how to run the game. I watched a ton of Matt Colville's videos. I watched a ton of uh, Dungeon Dude videos, and a lot of uh, Guy Sklander's How to Be a Great GM. I kind of had those like running all of the time while I was working um, for a few months as I was kind of getting my feet under me. And uh, I, I really recommend those three YouTube channels as, as ways to learn to run the game. Um, also, uh, as far as like cheap investment stuff, if you're playing in person, I would invest in a cheap map. Again, you can find uh, like a map and four markers, whatever, um, for like less than 20 bucks on Amazon or other sites, uh, dry erase kind of one. Uh, and that's, I bought one of those to start. And I feel like that just kind of helps people think visually about what they're doing. Uh, again, nothing wrong with Theater of the Mind, but I feel like I am good at Theater of the Mind because I've played on maps. I've thought spatially about it, and um, the people I play with have also played uh, you know, with maps, and I think that kind of helps cement the Theater of the Mind uh, people. So yeah, cheap map. don't need any minis. 
or anything like that. With the dry erase markers, you just draw where you are, or you use like Lego people or or game people, whatever you've got. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. It's it's mostly about the imagination, right? Um. Then there's a bunch of free ways to spice up your. So uh, I really enjoy adding like, an ambiance. I feel like that adds a, a layer of immersion and a layer of of um making the game interesting so i recommend using tabletop audio that's um, what i my go-to it's tabletopaudio.com uh, i'll hit the chat with that link really quick um really easy to use you search for different things on there and there's a bunch of 10 minute tracks um that uh are there and you can set them to loop so they're 10 minutes long, so it's not like super repetitive. And when you loop them, you know, it'll just play over and over and over again. And I love those. Uh, Tim Roven, the guy who uh, at the site and has made all of the tracks, he's an um, audio engineer and a musician. Actually was one of my guests on my show. Uh, yeah, love tabletop audio, huge fan. And it's free. All you need is like your phone to play it on or your computer or a Bluetooth speaker. Um, there are also ways if you're playing online to hook up your uh, Discord channel or Roll20 or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's an, a cheap way to really add a layer of um, fun to, to your game. So that's that's one of the things that I really like that's free. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I would say, like, especially since I just started, like, I'm still fresh into the... Uh, uh, fresh into like the collection i've I've somewhat have become like a, a little bit of a, a dice goblin um i bought a set at 2d con in in minneapolis last year um and since then i've like i've been looking at dice periodically um but it's definitely i don't think it's necessary to like buy a bunch of dice like i've seen a lot of people who buy like they'll do all the miniatures and um, they'll get like a set setups for like the actual dungeons, like uh, uh, modular pieces that they can put together and stuff like that. Um, and I, I just don't think that it's a hundred percent necessary, especially when you're first starting out. So I think that's that's something that to really uh, reiterate to people who are um, especially new that like you don't have to spend that that hundreds and hundreds of dollars just get a, a, a player handbook if you want to uh, or use roll 20 you don't even have to buy dice if you don't want to um like especially if you're playing in the online area so yeah, yeah one Those of my ways yeah one of the biggest things that's actually always upset me uh derek you might have seen this before green you as well but there would be a meme going around it would show this massive dungeon that someone's made on probably like a whole white fold-out uh, table and it's 100 percent dwarven forge and warlock tiles and um they have the tops of the rooms covered with the black construction paper and, you know, like you can just see that this is it's it's literally about give or take five thousand to six thousand dollars of things, not counting how much the minis are that are inside, as well as if they are uh, purchase painted or hand painted commissioned. So it could be upwards of like, say, worth more than your car sitting there on the table. And the caption says, this is how you get people into Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like, no, that is how you get people to run away from it because they think that they're going to have to buy a new car in order to have a good time. Um, what you were saying with not needing minis and things, th I, when I started, and this is this is like a, a total fogey moment, just an old, like, you're just a boomer millennial moment. My <laughs> mini, the first mini I ever had, my full orc barbarian, Orsonus, was a Miller High Life bottle cap. Like that's, that's it. He, that, but that was him. You know, I kept him like right on my desk and I was like, that's, that's how I know it's him. And, you know, like, you know, maybe you scratch something on it, something like that. And I used it for like about a year for that campaign, man, just a Miller high life bottle cap. You really don't need much. Um, it's true. something else, something else you can use. There's uh there's bots on discord 
you can type in slash commands and you can run a whole game that way if you'd like. There's so many different ways that you can do it for cheap. But um, yeah, custom stuff is cool and the expensive stuff is cool. But man, if I if I owned an entire car's worth of walls and floors. Um, <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to do some mental acrobatics for myself to just be like, all right, man, are you all in or like <laughs> what's it going to stop? The thing that, that kills me, too, is like you have to spend time setting it all up. And that's so much time mm -hmm. from a prep standpoint. Like I can just draw a few lines on some graph paper and, you know, that's a dungeon instead of having to build one from scratch. It's uh, a lot of time. I know. Um, on critical role, like first talking about all these crazy sets they built, but like much time and effort it took to build these crazy sets. You know, Matt was saying he was spending hours and hours a week, and unless doing it full time, like Matt Mercer is, I don't have time to do that all week. And so, yeah, I think doing it on the cheap, honestly, that's like it's funny that you say that that people were like, this is how you play D and D. Me, D and D is like cheap and, and hacky and like whatever you've got together, uh, and that's what makes it fun. Like it's all in your head anyway. Who cares? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like he's also got an entire creative team behind him too. Like if he couldn't get to the the time to put something together, someone's there to you know put it together and make it nice to like his specifications. And if you've got someone like that in your in your uh, in your tabletop group, like you know what, good on you. I've got a guy who has a hot wire cutter, and he made me some really cool looking rocks. And like that made my month, dude. And they have That's magnets in them, and I'm just the happiest kid in the playground right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, anything else on on D and D on a budget or DMing on a budget, uh, anything like that? You have? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I posted this talking about what you like. We we kind of uh, talked about like levels of of how much you could spend. So let's go. Let's move to the middle level and then like the expensive. Level. Yes. The level I feel like is is splurging for some minis, maybe in Hero Forge, um, or maybe uh, you know buying some at your local hobby store and painting or something like that. That's a lot of fun. I think a little bit of terrain is fun. I bought a bunch of at ones that I cut out myself and moved them around. You know, they're like, but they've they've got something on there like ships or whatever, and it's really easy to use. Um, so I feel like that's a good mid level spend. Um. I also want to plug uh, Delve Candles. Uh, this is not an ad. They're not paying me for it. But <laughs> Delve Candles is a small business. And basically, it's a bunch of um, candles you can buy that have scents that match common scenarios in tabletop games. Burn them while you're playing. And, you know, that just adds another um, layer of senses that, that you um, have and adds that layer of immersion. So, uh, I bought a pack from them, which was like seven different scents, seven like three hour little mini candles for like 13 or something that kind of helped me add a bunch of different scents and we I burned like one or two here or there while we were playing it was a ton of fun but then they've got these big ones that you can buy that last a lot longer uh for lots of different it's like they've got a tavern smelling one one that smells like the ocean you know, one that smells like forest and, and tons of other ones so yeah check out delve candles if you guys are, are interested in like burning something while you're playing and even if it's just you at your computer it's kind of nice to have something to smell while you're doing it so yeah you, everyone should check that out that's a good mid-tier kind of still cheaper but but something fun to splurge on if you've got some cash it's they've got a candle called the grand archives the scent notes are aged mm -hmm. paper leather and sandalwood why isn't it burning right now in front of me i uh, that's fabulous i loved that one that is a big thing too because like when when people are talking about like immersion and trying to get into that role play thing uh no one ever talks about smell like ever mm -hmm. that's that's huge to be honest like uh like i would never think to you know, hey i'm gonna buy this candle for this uh for this encounter that I have planned. Now that's that's the crazy that's cool shit. That is yeah. really cool. It I, is really cool. I ship that. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It. It's I ship like it. I said the 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 small pack right is now. pretty cheap. You should do it. And uh and you test a bunch of different ones out. And the bag that it comes in smells really good. They send pictures and stuff. Yeah, it's a fun little package to get. Okay. Oh, they've got one called There and Back again. Oh, I want to go back to Bag End. In the feels. 
That is amazing. Uh, so we've talked about cheap, and we've gotten into the middle of the road. What would you say is like the high end, like the creme de la creme, the Cadillac Escalade of like playing D and D and DMing D and D? Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna post a link in the chat for this one. Wormwood um, Gaming has a bunch of yep custom gaming tables you can buy, most expenses of of which, um, which is. I don't remember the wood, but it's thirty-one thousand uh, dollars, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, the, the the tables are thousands of dollars. I think it's a thousand-dollar deposit mm-hmm. just to get your name on the list, and it's an eight-month waiting list. Then they're like ten grand and above. Uh, they're really cool. They've got a bunch of magnetic stuff you can into the sides that hold your drinks and your dice and your laptop. They've got a, kind of a a, f- a velvet or felt. Um, you can flip the table too for other kinds of gaming. Uh, there's like trays along the side, and anyway, go check them out um, and and dream with me. Uh, we were talking about it uh, in in our chat earlier, uh, how it's basically like a car or 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 more than a car to buy some yeah. of these things. Like way more than my car, thirty one thousand yeah, dollars. So, oh yeah, pretty absolutely. sure a new Kia, a, a new Kia is at like twenty seven thousand. So that sounds so, about right. It's definitely a new car. Yeah, if you have the cash to burn, you should go check those out. Yeah, if you're really, 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 really into Dungeons and Dragons, and you have the liquid funds to do that, I mean, would you like me to put on my clown shoes? Because uh, I literally had my choices made for my DM table, and I was straight up. I had everything like uh, all the additionals, like because they have the mag- magnetic clip-ons, they have the leaves that you can put on top everything i was ready i was ready and this was back in 2020 um so like when they started rolling out their their new more budget friendly quote-unquote budget friendly gaming tables that were modular uh so like you could have them like at coffee table height or if you wanted them at dinner table height so on and so forth but they ran into a bunch of problems and i was i was actually watching their youtube channel for a long time and uh, i've bought a lot of wormwood stuff before so like i can attest to the quality it was really really sick um i've got a full scale um i think it's a 10 by 14 size uh it's just a cherry with faux leather um, kind of rolling tray with the Dungeons and Dragons dragon on the center. I've bought my fiance a purple heart rolling tray and a purple heart dice tower for her to roll her dice down. Um, That Christmas, I bought each person in our group something, whether that was one of their master vaults or if it was um, a hand-turned pencil or a hand-turned pen. Uh, one of our players does a lot of blueprints. He has created the entire blueprint of a tavern that the party decided to build, uh, as well as a whole bunch of schematics for different weapons and gizmos that he's made. And um, so I, I got him a a drafting pencil and stuff. And the amount of custom work that you can do on it, it's it's wild. But yeah, it's it's beautiful stuff. It's pipe dream stuff. Absolutely absolutely and yeah i am a bit bougie when it comes to it i uh i do love it so much but yeah it's it's stuff that's gonna last you forever i believe that they call it heirloom furniture at that point and um yeah it's it's definitely like yeah uh if you don't think you're gonna put down this uh this hobby anytime soon or if you uh don't think that you're going to just you know hyper fixate on something else you should definitely do that it's pretty cool well i mean if you if you're genuinely enjoying what you're doing and the quality is there it's worth every penny right it it only matters to you take out a small loan (laughs) small loan a million dollars small loan of a million dollars but yeah it's it's definitely one of those things where like every time you sit down you look at your thing you're like damn that's nice (laughs) you know like you just beat the shit out of it with dice Uh, i'm very very careful about what i throw at it and uh yeah it's it's kind of funny it's like you know you want your you want your dice and you want to use them but then when you have something that nice you're like am i really gonna chuck this like you know um three ounce metal die 
across this rolling tray at this fine wood? No, probably not. Those metal dice are killer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also uh, only use gemstone. I'm sounding like such a snob right now. <laughs> Is this the next to nothing podcast? I, I'm, I, I'm very confused. I, I also I'm have. I'm not free going all with this, with this hobby at all. I also have a set of gemstone dice. Uh, my fiance got them for uh, Christmas for me. So, like a green bag. Yeah, present. Yeah. yeah. I didn't pay for it. I was sitting there staring at them for about three months like wow these are nice and then uh yeah then she finally was like i'm getting them for you merry christmas yeah we do so. like a gem a gem die trade every anniversary so this this year i got this uh it's like a frost lace or a crazy lace agate set of dice and i've just been doing nothing but using those but uh that being said what do you think as far as like cost effectiveness effectiveness when it comes to dice, Derek? Is it just any dice? Is there any sort of die that you would recommend over another one? Uh, I only rolled a set of metal dice a handful of times. I the cheapest ones I can honestly. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I know that I have a few sets that roll higher than others. And I've actually <laughs> like mathematically tested this. I'm a data analyst by day. So, mm -hmm. uh, data, you know, like if I can collect some data and determine that I'm going to, so I took a, a, a few sets of dice, I rolled the 20s like 100 times the weighted average of E, I like determined which ones roll higher on average. And there's definitely one set, um, it's the green set that I bought for my very first character, so it's a little sad. They they consistently roll very poorly for me. Uh, like my very first roll ever was a nat one, and I'll never forget that. And uh, it was that set. So, um, but yeah, I don't I don't have strong opinions about dice. Uh, if you got pretty ones, then great. If you want to use the ones on roll twenty, uh, those always screw me over too. But great, you know, use whatever you want. I know you can also get like a big like a big eight set on like Amazon, like a, just cheap resin dice. So. I knew that that was going to come up, so I threw it in the chat. If you do this, before you use any of those dice, do a saltwater test on your resin dice because they uh, will typically take the ones that have uh, kind of like malforms or, or aberrations within the resin to throw into those pound-o uh, pound dice bags. So do a saltwater test. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, literally just Google dice saltwater test and see if they're balanced because they might have a lot of bubbles in them or they could be completely hollow in there. You never know. So if you want to, if you want to try and avert yourself from having too many nat ones in a row, see if your dice are balanced. That's also kind of one of the reasons why, um, when someone does want to buy resin dice, like I'm always like shouting from the highest mountain I can find saying, buy something clear so that you can see that there's nothing like super crazy in there. You know what I mean? It can, it can really mess with it, but also, yes, there are some cheaper sets from Chessex too. I've had a player accidentally do this. I took them at their word. They were a nice person. Um, but Chessex does sell cheater dice where they do have oh. a weight, yes, on the one side of a D20, meaning that it should put that as the weight down. Now, opposite of the one is our 20 on a die. So theoretically, you should be rolling a lot of 20s with these cheater dice, but it is typically worded quite small. So, yeah, just, just pay attention to what you're buying. For sure. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try this salt test. This is this is news to me. Yeah. And I will go try it right after this. Learning new Heck things yeah. today. <laughs> uh, anything else on on D and D? Uh, specifically on a budget. Uh, no. Um, I think you made a good point earlier, Mr. Green, about buying the handbook. If you buy a book, that's the book you buy. Uh, there's a new one coming out in two years, but I still think right now be useful for you uh and that's the last thing i've got to say yeah if you're gonna buy a book that's the book yeah that's uh that's a hard agree on my end too uh everything else like derek said and and how he got into dming after his brother ran minds of fandelver you don't need anything you can just figure out how things work by looking at the player's handbook come up with something on the fly and if your players end up saying like hey 
you're a good storyteller, but take the hint, buddy. <laughs> Get a module. You can go to places <laughs> that are like nice and cheap, like RPG drive through uh, GM's mm. binder is also really good if you're looking for other people to do the legwork for you. Uh, but oh. yeah, that player's handbook, man, like literally everything you need to know is right there. Um, and, you know, just think about it like that. And then uh, with D&D Beyond, uh, one other note that I have there is obviously one of the nice things about that site is not having to buy the entire book. You can say, I just want the compendium stuff, which is usually about half off. And that compendium stuff is like, this is all of the things that we've added. Like, these are the things that you can drag and drop into scenarios or use on your character sheet. Or if you're just looking for a specific race or a specific class, buying those each for like two bucks is nice. Um, and then if you are a subscriber, to their, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but uh, I think it's like $5 a month. And then whenever you jump into a friend's campaign, all the players get to share everything that you've bought. Um, so they get access to all the content that you have for five bucks, uh, which it's kind of fun. It's like digitally being able to sit down at a table and you're like, oh yeah, I've got that book. And you're just handing it out, except no one's waiting in line to make their character over the course of six hours. You know, everyone can be ready to go inside of like, you know, an hour and a half if they know what they're doing. Good call outs. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Hey, thanks. All right, so uh, we will go ahead and uh, move on to the next topic then, and that is Spelljammer. Uh, big exciting news, uh, Spelljammer has officially hit the shelves today, and with that comes a whole new slew of playable characters, races, modules, and more. Derek, what is Spelljammer, and what should we see in the new books? All right, uh, I say all of this having never actually played Spelljammer, so don't at me. Um, don't come <laughs> after me, but this is my understanding, uh, the Spelljammer according to Derek. So uh, Spelljammer, originally from 1989, a supplement to Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, is a campaign setting, a, a kind of a world setting in Dungeons & Dragons, which has just been released today in 5e, that um, kind of focuses on a way of playing that is in the astral sea and in wild space and what that means is basically it's like um boats traveling on the ocean but instead you fly through space uh so they they um used uh ptolemaic uh concepts which is basically like people who before humans knew what was in space it was it was basically people thinking well maybe this is what space is like they used um concepts from Ptolemy, I think is his name, who kind of described space as like this uh, basically ocean filled with some sort of fluid, and basically there's all these spheres that exist in, in this fluid, um, and all of the worlds and planets and everything are inside these spheres, and then um, to travel through, you kind of have to break out of these spheres, travel through this liquid, whatever it is, and then get to another sphere to, to kind of spelljammer. Um, basically, they they took those concepts and they said it would be really cool if it was like, uh, you know, flying these ships through space and being able to travel um, across all of these different campaign settings we've already built, and uh, a way to travel and and visit all these different worlds, or maybe you know have crazy adventures out in space that you wouldn't otherwise have. So, um, combining elements of high fantasy and elements of sci-fi, um, but it's still very much uh, sword and sorcery, uh, like the ships look like, you know, pirate ships or or um, kind of animals and that kind of thing. It's not like spaceships, it's not lasers, there's not, you know, um, robots as such, um, but there's tons of different races that live out there and, and um, tons of different worlds they've created that are above and beyond maybe what you're used to in the Forgotten Realms, which is where most of D&D's... Um, uh, Pains have been set um, thus far in 5e. Um, so yeah, that's like Crash Course into Spelljammer. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm really excited to try it out because I've heard a lot of good things about it. But yeah, like you said, Mr. Green, today we released um, three 64-page books and uh, a poster and a new Dungeon Master screen for anybody who's interested in running it, which includes a bunch of new tools, a bunch of new creatures, um, new races, 
and um, like I said, rules for uh, the ship combat, because inevitably when you're flying these crazy ships through wild space, you're going to be encountering other people and you're going to have to fight them. Um, there's a bunch of rules about how uh, the physics work out in out in this wild space, too, because it's different than than what we understand um, now. Um, but yeah, that's that's what Spelljammer is. I do have to say I'm excited for two things and two things alone. Um, Treasure Planet. And uh, I want to make a character that is that time I got reincarnated as a slime because oh, yeah. slimes are now a character. Oh, and hippo, yeah, man. You can't forget boy. the hippo, man. That's true. Oh, and clowns. Yeah. And Fucking uh, space clowns. God, fuck. <laughs> it, it's becoming so terrifying things. now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it honestly, like people's games get weird anyway, but this is like license to get as weird as you can imagine right you mentioned treasure planet um i kind of asked my twitter followers earlier today you would base your spell jammer campaign off of and had all sorts of answers like um i'll pull it up why not uh, and we can kind of go through them but um yeah treasure planet's a great call out because uh i think a lot of people are at least familiar with it and i think it's a really underrated disney movie based off of uh, robert louis stevenson's treasure island that uh, combines a lot of the elements that that Spelljammer definitely does well. Yeah, that's what when I saw the preview for Spelljammers uh, back in the D and D Direct, I think is what they called it. Mm-hmm. That's the yep. first thing that came to my mind was Treasure Planet. That's a that's a pretty apt, uh, you know, comparison. Honestly, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a hard one for like some folks, just like. I want you to think of Star Wars, but like nothing that makes Star Wars Star Wars. And instead, I want you to think about like high fantasy shit. Like I want an elvish wizard in a high tower, but the tower is floating through space and it has cannons. And you're on a spaceship that is also just a wooden pirate ship. And you're trying to climb the tower in the middle of space while there's astral whales around you. Like it's the it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Like the amount of things that you can just do here are really, really, really cool. I'm really glad to see that they have come back to this idea since it was kind of like something that was a very old idea. It it kind of seemed like it was going to stay there for quite some time. Like we only saw a little bit of it here and there in like Unearthed Arcana. And it I guess that was more of like a little hint or a teaser. Awesome. It totally was. And they've been teasing it for a while, right? Um and did a bait and switch on April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh and then actually announced it a, a few months later. So pretty funny. Yeah, assholes. Mostly <laughs> <laughs> it'd be fun though. Uh so yeah. yeah, Treasure Planet is one that people mentioned. Um I had people talk about just like the world of Alien. That would be cool to do kind of a horror themed one um, with these strange things that burst out of people's chests. Why not? Um st- universe i've never watched it but I, i'm familiar with it at least and i'm sure you heard fun stuff with that um titan ae oh, another yes. i feel like kind of forgotten underrated uh animated feature from back in the day i feel like that was in either I, like 99 or 2001 i think anyway. it was yeah i think it was post 2001 and now all i can think of is like doing a spell spell jammers campaign but with like to the background of like creed's greatest hits 2000 okay. june 16th <laughs> 2000. Oh, 2000, exactly. Okay. 2000. Yeah. I was I was off. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of people mentioned that, or or Thor. I think that's a great way, because Thor is very much like a, a kind of fantasy character, but being able to travel through all, or to all of these different realms, um, you know, via the Bifrost and kind of the weird stuff that they've done with the movies, I think is great inspiration for what you could do with Jamer. Yeah, that's um, that's really good. It, like they use like the the kind of like Viking longboats. Seeing the spaceships in those Thor movies, it's just like yeah, this is very Spelljammer. It's really good. Yeah, you could definitely do it. Spelljammer is bringing a lot of possibility to the homebrew area. I think. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You can travel to any weird place that has anything there, right? Like now that the cosmos are open to you. What do you want to do? You know, um, some people were mentioning Star Trek. Uh, if you've ever watched the original series or Next Generation, like every episode is just super weird. A bunch of weird stuff happens, and they go weird places and with weird people. And I think you could rip a ton of like side quests and stuff off of them. 
Oh, and stuff then William, like that. And then William Shatner tries to sleep with a girl. So. Mm, yes. Go but to weird places. Blue. This one's blue. This one's pink. Shatner is getting it in. <laughs> yes. How many tentacles? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, so, it, possibility is really endless. Tentacles <laughs> don't matter to Captain Kirk, okay? Tentacles, 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 tickles. Uh, something else that uh, I actually dropped as well, because I think that you said something about listening to Queen's greatest hits, or was that just my brain making Creed. that up? No, Creed. Creed. We were Creed. talking about oh, Titan God. AE. Oh, God. It was a Creed song. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was like, okay. Creed was like the soundtrack Queen, to Titan though. AE. But Queen, yeah, <laughs> you, what, what do you have in, in mind for Queen? Because Queen fits the bill, too. I mean... Right. Yeah, all the technical everything. So... The guitarist and lead songwriter of an old, uh, I'd say old, it just dates me, it's fine. He is an emo songwriter as well as kind of like folk music uh, from the band Decemberus. He is a huge D&D nerd, along with like Reggie Watts and a whole bunch of other folks that you may oh, yeah. or may not recognize. They got together and literally today released an entire album that is an official album specifically for Spelljammer. And there are songs in there that are actually supposed to go with different events and different modules. Uh, so I've linked that in, in the chat. For those of you that aren't with us live, you can go on Spotify and just look up Spelljams in Spotify. You'll know it's the right album because it literally has a dread Nautilus coming out of a portal across an abyssal plane. And it says D&D spell jams, bottom left hand corner, Dungeons and Dragons, watermark right there. Various artists, 19 songs. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> you can That's check that fashion. shit out. Yeah, dude, it's it, it looks awesome. From anyone between Shabazz Palaces to people like Penny and Sparrow. Uh, and of course, Reggie Watts, Magic Sword, it, so many different voices, so many different genres coming together to make an album uh, for Spelljammer is also aptly very Spelljammer. <laughs> I'm assuming then that that goes with one of the books. So there are three books that got released. Um, the mm -hmm. first one is Astral Adventures Guide. So all of the rules, the new races, that kind of thing. The second one is Boo's Astral Menagerie which is all of the, the new monsters. Uh, and then there's Light of Xerixis, which is a, an adventure for five, uh, levels 5 to 8. I'm assuming that it's probably matching up with that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's just supposed to match up like all of the different places that they describe in the Adventures Guide where you've got you know whatever different realms you can travel to. But either way, that's awesome. That's phenomenal. That yeah, the fact that it's like an official album put together. Uh, so yeah, I would I would imagine that if you if you are listening to this, if you have plans to to run this or play in it, maybe tell your DM or GM about this album. Have them check it out, and then when they're reading through it, you know, because every DM and GM reads through everything before they run it. Of course, uh -huh. perhaps, perhaps perhaps these titles of these tracks might actually have some kind of um like hints as to uh what is to come light What's up in your a, immediate future light up a delve candle throw this on in yes. the background have a good time mm -hmm. hell yeah man i am so ready oh i i've actually ordered all of this spell jammer stuff it hasn't showed up on my doorstep yet. but i have teased to my players that we could potentially end our current campaign in uh, wild space doing spell jammery stuff uh, i figure that i could probably make um the bbe end up there for whatever reason i'm looking for something or or trying to imagine like and uh, and we could end there so i've kind of teased that to them and i don't know just like being through it and being more and more excited for it i think that's what we're gonna do so really excited for that yeah that that's just phenomenal wild space in general what a fun time awesome um, so, uh, anything else with Spelljammer that comes to mind? Not for me. Oh, but if the more you guys read, uh, you know, everyone, uh, the more you learn, you know, add us and, and tell us what cool stuff you've done with it. And, uh, we're excited to hear. So much potential. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm looking forward to every episode of How Not to DM just talking about all the wild shit that people have put together from Spelljammer books and just thinking about different ways that uh, it could even work on, say, just places like the Forgotten Realms or Galarian, whatever, uh, you know, your canvas is. Because these things that do exist within the Spelljammer realms, they don't have to stay in wild space. You know, ships crash, things fall down. You know, just saying. Oh, did we mention how much the, like, the starter pack of Spelljammers was? Oh, that's a good we question. We didn't. I think that would probably be a good uh, a thing. I know uh, on D&D Beyond, if you buy it on D&D Beyond, I think it was forty nine ninety nine for, like, the big pack. Yep, just the, the adventures in space for forty nine ninety nine. yep. I'm wondering what the so, book yeah. would be. Wizards has a, a way to find your local store or buy it from Amazon. Um, local stores' prices are going to vary, but on Amazon right now, the whole kit for uh, $42, $41.99. Heck That's yeah, three dude. 64-page books, DM screen, and a map. Um, and the map is of the Rock of Brawl, which is an asteroid city that's kind of like the center of the astral plane and that uh, campaign, the Light of Xerixis, where your players will be starting. So, yeah. Very nice. Sweet. All right. Uh, so if we don't have anything else left for Spelljammer, Mendachi, you have a Howdy. little bit of something going on right now. Uh, tell us, Tell us about Steam. Yeah. Steam is finally letting you add free stuff easily now. And uh, it's it's just a breath of fresh air. It's it's just quality of life increase. So uh, this was this kind of <laughs> hit a lot of different, uh, I would say, journalists like about two, three days ago. So basically. Whenever you would start up a game, perhaps there's some free aesthetic stuff or like, oh, you get the Explorers pack for whatever reason. But you didn't realize that you had to hit the button and then it had to verify your version of the game and blah, 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 and do a download. Even though it's not actually downloading anything, it's just adding the license to your copy of the game within your library to say, hey, they get the thing, just give it to them. And also... The other thing is, too, is that after you launch that game, oh, I just realized I have this stuff. I got to close out of the game because if I quote unquote download it, you know, adding the license to the game, then I'm going to have to restart my game, so on and so forth. There's literally no, no other boxes pop up. If you see something that's like free add, click it. It's in your library. Cool. It's done. You have the license for it. There's no need to download anything. It's already in the game. So that's really, that's really the gist of it. Um, so when you, when you have, uh, like a new game that you started being able to see if there's anything uh, additional that you get for free is going to be right there. Now, if there's games that are free to play, they're going to be much more easy to actually find and they will download you know, like without having to go through all these other dialogue boxes, anything like that. Uh, someone right here writing from PC Gamer adds that, uh, and this is in their first paragraph. So if you would like to go and listen to their article, or if you would like to go read it yourself, that is just uh, PC Gamer. It was published two days ago by Jonathan Bolding, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. But they write, at long last, you can add a free game or DLC to your Steam account without starting up the installation process for that game. I am ecstatic. I am truly unreasonably excited by this change. The new Add to Library button appears on the Steam desktop client beside free items on the storefront, including free games, free-to-play games, games that are temporarily free in a giveaway, and free DLC. No longer do you need to deal with the install dialogue or worse to get free stuff. So if you've ever just been turned off by, say, downloading a game that was free uh, or rather just adding it to your library because you know that your your Steam client's going to try and download the 47 gig game or whatever the hell while you're trying to do other stuff and then you forget about it and then you lose it and so on and so forth. That's all done and dealt with. 
no reason for it. This didn't come ahead of uh, or like after any sort of press release. It's just there now. So it's it's just better. And you know what? We need we need stories like this every once in a while to deal with all the doom and gloom. It's it's definitely nice that Steam is being proactive instead of reactive here. Because mm-hmm. that, that yeah. is definitely a good change. In my opinion, it's a good change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like when it would before this, if you wanted to add something to your library, it would force itself, the client, to look through and configure any disk space that you might need in order to install this game. When it's you're not trying to tell it to download it, you're just saying, No, 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 no. I just want to say that I own it now if you could please but as soon as you add that to your library it's like all right uh, better get to work and you're like no I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to play video games right now <laughs> like don't do that or maybe you're doing some work and you just had like a 10 minute break or something um now you don't have to worry about that bogging down your system awesome uh yeah. Derek, do you have any anything on this or like are you, i don't know how much of like a game <clears throat> you typically are in like the the PC side. I, I don't own a PC, um, so I haven't done a ton with Steam. Jackbox games on there. Uh, that's about it. So, um, but I can see how, uh, from a technology perspective, this is very convenient, and how it would really change the game for people. So, yeah, I'm all for UX UI updates that make life easier. I can't agree more. UI changes are are always a good thing if they are making things easier. Uh, yeah imagine that just just some quality of life for no apparent reason just it's there now we didn't need to get yelled at no one had any problems with it we just did the thing our lord and savior gabe has brought down a nice change for once thanks gabe and now if you could just get the people that ordered the other steam decks or people that are like just getting broken steam decks you know not broken steam deck that'd be cool yeah 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 for sure for sure Uh, anything else on the on Steam? No, not right now. Hopefully, hopefully it's just good. Whatever comes next, we could just use two weeks. Two weeks of good news. Awesome. That'd be nice. Well, I think yeah. I think that is the show then. Um, Sweet. But so uh, yeah, uh, Derek, what do you have coming up? Uh, where uh, again for people who haven't uh, haven't met you, uh, don't know what you're about. Who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you? For people who missed that at the beginning of the show. Uh, so again, my name is Derek. I am host of the How Not to DM podcast, which is a weekly show. Uh, currently in between, not weekly right now, but a weekly show comes out Wednesday, uh, usually seven a.m. Eastern. That is uh, interviews with people from all around the TTRPG community about their philosophies on running games, good and bad mistakes, you know, that they've made and triumphs that they've had behind the. Also, we chat about their cool projects, the things they've written, um, podcasts or streams that they run, or um, you know, anything else. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about my show. It really focuses on like uh, trying to not make the same mistakes that other people make, and and. You that being a really good method of learning how to run games that's really why i started it and i can say that i have learned a ton and have become a way better dm just from being the person who asks all these questions so i'm sure everybody who's listening picks up a ton of fun stuff too uh the new season is coming out in september uh i think i have finally settled on the um second week in september and so let me just pull that up really quick so i can give everybody a date um, that will be the 14th of September, you can look out uh, for the uh, season three kickoff. So uh, yeah, I've made that official. I've promised the internet now. So I'll go, I'll go update everything and make sure <laughs> that I'm heard ready to go for that first. time. But yeah, heard it here first. I've been uh, doing some interviews um, when I have some time during this break. So I've got uh, people all ready to, to go. Episodes all ready to go. So yeah, um, the 14th of September, 7 a.m. Eastern, uh, noon British Standard Time. That'll be when that drops. And uh, yeah, ton of fun guests that I'm really excited to um, have everyone hear from. Uh, I'm also working on a fun side project with my friend Matthew. He's in my gaming group. Um, so he and I have taken turns uh, running games here and there um, for our group. And so we're working on a fun uh, one-shot idea and some like supplemental rules to add to your game. They're built for 5e, but they'll work really well for any game that's kind of like roll to success 
something. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, um, they're going to put a fun, interesting twist on it, and we'll, we'll probably release the rules for really cheap. We're working on a one-shot to release later on once we've kind of um, raised some money for some art and maps and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, that should be really good for anybody who's out there streaming or podcasting who wants to create fun content or uh, for people who, who want to run that just for your home games too. So uh, yeah, look for that in the next month or so as well. Uh, Matthew's right now on vacation in Alaska. I'm going on vacation uh, the, at the end of this week. So summer's always tricky with all these trips and stuff that, that, that happen, uh, family reunions and whatnot. But um, yeah, we, we're mostly done with the rule set and that soon so be on the lookout you can follow me uh, on twitter at hn the number two dm that's where i'm most active i'll also post my link tree here really quick there's a link uh linktree.com slash hn the number two dm again five characters to remember um and uh you can find our uh, discord there and, and everything else if you want to chat so yeah hit me up um ask me any questions or listen to my show um easy to binge you can find it on youtube or wherever your podcast not to dm awesome and you will be able to find those links in the descriptions of the episode and on the youtube um once we get that posted up uh and i do have to say perfect timing because i'm actually moving to phoenix in uh september on like the that weekend after the 14th perfect timing i'll have oh, yeah. You'll need plenty of road time while you're sweating uh, moving all of your furniture yeah <laughs> uh, well we're taking minimum stuff so it honestly it's just a, it's a 25 hour drive yeah. so so i'll you're have from plenty of uh, from iowa to phoenix so it's a it's a it's a, a long place one. to stay uh, in utah I, i'm here man. i don't I actually here. think i passed through utah yeah. Well, if you I want a free hotel, side. yeah. If I want a free hotel, I can take the take take the around. But, uh, Let me know. If not, uh, I'm not awesome. gonna come help you move. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like a fun time. It's not. It's not. It's horrible. I hate it. Nachi, <laughs> what do you got coming up? Oh man, not moving, not sweating my ass off, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, this weekend, we continue to uh probably play some more co-op games i think i think we're gonna probably delve more into monster hunter rise this weekend um then we're gonna continue the let's play of resident evil 5 and dead space over on pftp underscore plays at twitch.tv there um if you're ever wondering exactly what's coming up uh sometimes things are tentative i'm starting school in like a week I swear I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to buckle under pressure. It's going to be completely fine. I can juggle this many plates. I've been doing it forever. It's going to be fine. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just just check my Twitter. That's at uh, OnlyMendachi. Otherwise, you'll find me here every Tuesday talking to someone I can trick to come onto this podcast. <laughs> and uh, if you're not listening to anything that I'm doing, you should definitely be listening to Derek over at How Not to DM. Uh, just a fantastic show with a whole mess of fantastic people, much smarter than me, um, that have made just as many mistakes as, as you or I have. And um, you will learn so much. It will sincerely elevate your game so, so much. Highly recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, just, uh, I don't know, follow him on Twitter. He posts really cool stuff. You could learn things Try. from just watching his posts. It's pretty good. What are you doing for school? Or what are you going to study? Behavioral sciences and communication. Yeah. So we're gonna. I'm gonna try and nestle in D and D into behavioral therapy. We'll see. We'll see how that works. That's that's the pipe dream. I have some friends who do that um, and get paid to do it. I'll put you in touch with them. Ooh. Now that's that's exciting stuff. Awesome. Um, I don't know exactly what I'll be doing this week. I, it just depends on... I made some internet fixes. Uh, well, I, I personally invested in some internet fixes. So if my internet's working fine, then I will probably be playing Star Citizen because I, I fell, in, fell in love with it again. If not, it'll be Hunt Showdown. Just the, the basic, usual Mr. Green stuff. Um, you can catch me on twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Lee. Uh, also on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the fancy places, just... Serene. So I think, yeah, I think we, does everyone have everything out on the table that they want out on the table? 
think so. Yeah, just make sure to check out these two. Follow their follow their Twitch pages. Check out their streams. Uh, it sounds like a, a lot of fun stuff going on all the time. So between uh, Mandachi and Mr. Green Elite and Danny, you know, uh, I'm sure one of them is doing something that you can check out when you're bored. We should probably yeah, plug Danny true. K too. <laughs> yeah. Danny K, Danny K on Twitch. Right. Uh, he he gave up the he gave up the next to nothing for a new page. This is a whole new Twitter uh, uh, Twitch page. Um, so go check out his his Twitch too. He plays Hunt Showdown every once in a while when he's not pretending to have a girlfriend in another state. You know, stuff like that. You know, real girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's gonna wrap up the show this week. Thanks for watching and listening. Your time with us is always appreciated. Of course, we're not just interested in your time. We want to hear from you as well. Drop a comment or tweet at us, letting us know your thoughts on anything we talk about or answering the question of the week. That question of the week was, what is your favorite TTRPG monster or villain? If you missed any part of the show... steal that question of the week. Oh, absolutely. Have at it. It's a good idea. For real. I I thought of it when I was like, I'm going to ask the... uh, the guys, what we want to do for a question of the week, and then it just popped in my head because we were doing another D and D show or another TTRPG show. So, I I stole the option from you, and I I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have asked, but uh, yeah. If you missed any other part of the show and you want to take us on the go, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you want to catch us live, you can find us on Twitch usually at 7 p.m every tuesday um if you guys like what we do drop a like or subscribe ring that bell it helps out a ton on youtube don't forget to check out our giveaways this week uh we don't have a giveaway this week we probably should have done one last week we'll get that fixed <laughs> next week i didn't change this part of danny's spiel um yeah the uh best danny, thing, he's not here yeah we're blaming danny for all of this um his fault for vacation uh yeah um, but the number one thing like you can do, the, the absolute number one thing you can do is tell a friend uh, about the show. So um, until next week, I'm going to do Danny again. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Keep fighting that good fight. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Do.